We understand that fantasy football is an outlet for those who listen to this podcast, who consume our content, who are subscribers to the website and the Discord. Um, but we, I mean, we are human beings. And we recognize that the country is mourning right now because of the senseless act of violence uh, yesterday afternoon and evening in Texas, where uh, 21 victims were gunned down with an assault rifle. And um, their last moments would be ones of fear, the greatest fear that that anyone could have. A lot of them younger than the age of 10 years old, or about 10 years old, fourth graders, two teachers, 19 children. It wouldn't seem right to just go into the show today without saying something about them. I mean, what... Not going to have a long discussion here, but it, it would seem appropriate to do something and to say something. So, what I'm going to do is just read the names of 19 of the victims. To, as of this recording, I still cannot get two of them, but we just want to read the names of the victims and recognize them before we get into the show today. Uh, Alexandria Rubio, 10 years old. Amari Joe Garza, 10 years old. Annabelle Rodriguez, 10 years old. Eliana Cruz Torres, fourth grade. Uh, fourth grade. Uh, uh, Ellie Garcia, nine. Eva Merilis, a fourth grade teacher. Irma Garcia, a fourth grade teacher. Jackie Cesares, 10 years old. Uh, Jalea Nicole Silguero, 10 years old. JC Luvianos, 10 years old. Jose Flores, 10 years old. Kennelly Elrod, 10 years old. Mate Rodriguez, 10 years old. Nivia Bravo. Uh, Rolejo Torres, 10 years old. Tess Marie Mata. Uzziah Garcia, 10 years old. Xavier Lopez, 10 years old. Alethea Ramirez, 10 years old. And by all reports, just celebrated her 10th birthday uh, with the balloons celebrating her birthday still tied to her the mailbox outside of her parents home this is kyle cord and you're listening to austin felix and matt on the w debate welcome to the w debate all right boys are we ready to debate austin you tweeted something girl you tweeted your running back tonight. explain yourself Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> he jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it. Keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out. But I'm... 
Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, the field on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Got to get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Got to continue. I got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Felix, you're muted. I mean, it's not showing he's muted, but he's definitely not talking. Man. Definitely not talking. Did that on great, purpose. It's 9.30 Eastern time. The only time zone that matters. That means it's time for the debit. Brought to you campus.com. That's Matt Burning. That's Austin Nace. Chris Moxley is actually gallivanting in the European countryside, and I'm Felix Sharp on a low-energy version of tonight of, of tonight's show. We talk supplemental drafts, but we start with Devin Brown over Quinn Ewers. Uh, Austin, early this week, I was out of my camp to camp contributor, PJ, is having taken the Ohio State phenom freshman quarterback, Devin Brown, over Texas Golden Child Quinn Ewers in a C2C League supplemental draft. He posted it on Twitter and it definitely got the people going with some interesting discussion. What's your reaction to that pick? Yeah, I had to toggle on the display names there for a second to show you what my reaction to that is. Uh, a sad, delusional man is what is what Felix has called himself tonight. Surprise, surprise. <clears throat> Look, I think I'm not going to knock somebody for thinking that one player is better than another. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of fantasy football as a whole. And as you drill down further and further and further, um, those, those differences in opinion are, are kind of what starts setting people apart. But I will say that I think that is really bad process. I can't imagine that Felix couldn't have traded down out of that spot. You, it, you would not, you did not try very hard if you, if you did at all to sell that pick. All you had to say is Quinn Ewers is up here. I would like to ship off this pick. Somebody would have moved up for it. You still probably would have gotten Devin Brown. Devin Brown's going, I mean, it depends on what you're in, in like a campus to can't league. It depends what your league's settings are. Um, but he so I mean there, there might be like uh, some other players available, but he goes late first, so you you could have moved back a few spots and he you still would have gotten him. I know you were saying you were unsure of it, so and and you could have gotten something on top of it. So that's my only complaint about this. I don't want to uh, knock you too much. Um, I think you're going to look really foolish though if Devin Brown does not win that job next year. And honestly, you might look really foolish by like week five, like just because Quinn Ewers, if he plays well, gets that instant boost to his value, to his stock in any format. And Devin Brown, you know, he might hold steady, 
but he's not going to gain any sort of value this year at all. So I think decision, whatever. I mean, I love playing leagues with Felix because I can beat him so easily because he does stuff like this all the time, but it's just bad, bad process. I, I really don't have a massive issue with it. I, my my main point on that is, and I, I I replied to PJ's thread is we've known for a while now that Felix feels this way that he views Devin Brown as a better quarterback. He did a whole YouTube video on one throw, just one throw, not not the whole spring game, one throw in the spring game for Devin Brown. While I do agree with you that he likely could have traded down, like I told PJ, we don't know that. The ADP and his supplemental draft stuff that's showing Devin Brown's going 1516 doesn't mean that that's where he's going to go. In multiple supplemental drafts that I've been in this year, he's actually gone as the 1 2. So I, you don't know that if he trades down to 1 3, that he gets Devin Brown right there. And if he truly believes Devin Brown is better, then I don't have an issue with him taking it. I don't think that. I think Quinn Ewers is much better. And I do agree with you by like week five when Devin Brown has not yet seen the field and Quinn Ewers is like a top five CFF quarterback that we may be sitting here looking at like, ah, Quinn's exactly what we thought he was going to be. This is not looking great. But again, if Devin Brown does win the job next year, which I don't necessarily expect, but if he does then there's no issue because I'm sorry. As much as I love Sark and as much as I love Texas, I'm taking Ryan Day in that Ohio State offense every day and twice on Sunday or Saturday over Texas and Quinn Ewers' offense. A couple of things I want to say about this. First thing is um, I went back and watched that spring game, and he had the two touchdown passes, but Quinn Ewers missed badly like four or five times. There was one in the past that was intercepted, there were three times where he missed over the middle, high and behind. And then there was one throw on just a little outlet route to Isaiah Nayor where he overthrew him over his head. There's not been one time where I've watched Quinn Ewers where I've said, okay, that throw, that particular play makes him different. I've said this so many times. I saw it from Drew Aller. I saw it from Devin Brown. I saw it from Ty Simpson. There, there was no time where I watched when you were where I said, that is a particular play. And I challenge either of you to show me the play from his high school career to what you've seen from him in practices in, in, uh, in college. The, the throw, the play, whatever, that makes him different. I haven't seen it. The other thing about that spring game is – there were several throws from Quint Ewers where the ball came out with the what I would call a sidewinder effect, where you have sometimes you have a you throw a pinpoint spiral and it spins vertically the entire distance of the of the throw. He had some throws where it curved and started going horizontally, where it came out of his hand vertically and then curved um, uh, horizontally. I. I notice it because it's a problem that I had when I was playing quarterback in high school. And I saw him do that a couple of times. There's just not one particular play where I've seen where this dude is special. Now, if he is the starting quarterback for a Steve Sarkeesian offense, that is worth something. But I'm not just going to follow this narrative that this dude is special because you all have told me that he is. And I'm being true. We agree on players. We agree on you know, Nick Singleton and Adam Moo and, and uh, uh, some of the wide receivers, and Matthew Golden. We agree on a lot of these players, but I just haven't seen it 
when you guys have uh, showed me something about Quinn Ewers. Now, historically, Quinn Ewers getting all this hype because of his one rating on 24-7. You go back in, at 24-7 and look at the top 10. Top 10 quarterbacks um, historically for 24-7. Go back to 2000. Vince Young, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Brock Berlin, uh, Terrell Pryor, Bryce Young, Matt Barkley, Jimmy Clausen, Mark Sanchez, Russell Shepard. Of those quarterbacks, the only ones that have hit it big in college or in, in fantasy have been these dual threat quarterbacks. We're talking about Terrell Pryor, Vince Young. I would consider Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields both dual threats. They have not hit on these pure pocket passers. And say what you want about Quinn Ewers, he's he's he might have some Tony Romo level of of mobility, but he is not a dual threat. So I take all of that together, and I see what I see from Devin Brown, who has a stronger arm, has some, has just as much mobility, if not more so, than Quinn Ewers. I just don't see it. Challenge anybody listening to this. I challenge anybody listening to this. Show me the play. Cut it up and post it. Tag me in at Sharp Review. The play that leads you to believe that Quinn Ewers is different. That is what I'm looking for. Some play that says, oh, this particular player is going to not just do well, but exceed expectations or exceed, excel. Show that play. So, Go ahead, can Matthew. I? So. I will. Matter of fact, when I find that clip, I'm going to post the uh, message of our text messages where I sent you multiple throws of Quinn Ewers because you said that he can't throw on the run and he doesn't do all this other stuff. And I went and found like six clips and I showed you all of them. And I will give you credit. You said some of them weren't that great. But then there was like, okay, well, that one was special right there. So I'm going to go back through my text message thread now and find that one since you say he doesn't do it. And show that one where he does do it. Because, again, uh, we also haven't really seen that from Devin Brown. You're, you say, like, what? If, even if it's just one throw from Quinn Ewers, we've seen it with one throw at the college level from Devin Brown as well. Like, he's had some no, great I, plays at Carter – is it Carter Canyon? Corner. Corner Corner Canyon. But before that, like, he struggled to be what he was that senior year. So – there's still a lot of you have to give. There's still a lot of projection with Devin Brown as well. He's not some solid, solidified prospect either. I'll give you three throws from Devin Brown, and I can recite them from memory. There's a play where he runs like a, a tw there's a 27 yard out where he throws the ball from the right hash to the left sideline, which is just different. There is an out. There's a play where he runs. Uh, where the wide receiver runs an out and up against cover two, and Devin Brown puts it like a shot right over the corner's head in between the safety. And then there's the th I did the video on the back end zone. Those three. Okay, these are three throws that make this guy different from other players. So uh, if you're listening to this at Star Review, come at me. Show me the play that where you think Quint yours is different. You know what? I might be wrong, but I'm going to take. Uh, take a shot with the guy that I believe in. And I did try to trade down. I tried to trade down to the 105, 106 range. I couldn't. And I wasn't about to sit there. I've I've had Devin Brown and Drew Aller ahead of Quinn Ewers literally this entire time. There's not one time where I've had Ewers ahead of those two. So, um, uh, uh, yes, y'all can miss me with the Quinn Ewers hype. All right. Um, are you Are you excited to be picking 101 in that league again next year? 
<laughs> I didn't even know I had the I didn't first of all, I did not know I had the 101 and I did not know the draft was starting. So like PJ sent me a DM said you're on the clock. I'm like, oh, what in what league? First, first of all, what league? And then oh, I have the 101. Okay, what am I gonna do here? It's gonna um, be re- it's really predictable too because uh Texas gets Bama <laughs> week two, and that front seven is just absolutely going to destroy Texas. And Felix is gonna come on the show and be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then Quinn's gonna go out the next two games and just light it up. We're gonna be like, so. Well, he better stop missing high and behind, or he's gonna be not only is he gonna throw a lot of turnovers, but he's gonna have a lot of pick, pick sixes. So, um, at Sharp Review, if you have a, a play that uh, uh, thinks Quinn is different from his high school tape or what you saw in the spring game. The Debbie Guide is coming out June first. It's pretty much written by Matthew and Austin and uh, and and Corey Piera. Uh, Mike, I've Mike has a bunch of them. Don't 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 short sell the people. Oh, Mike you Valerie, because you haven't been on any of it in like the last two months. Don't you don't even don't pretend <laughs> oh, like you know what's God. going on. Uh, it is coming out June June first uh, for t- even if you're not subscribed to the website. Uh, just twenty twenty dollars, right? I don't know anything. Twenty dollars, twenty twenty bucks. June first. Pre-orders are available now at campus2cant.com. Like two hundred and eighty-five profiles written up. Uh, if you like, if you're listening to this and you like, you know, a magazine-style evaluation of all of these players, then go ahead and pick up the Debbie Guide. June first, it is coming, boys. We got some news here that I don't. Jordan Addison, I don't think that we covered. Um, Jordan Addison transfers to USC. Lincoln Riley has really – he brought in four or five receivers through the transfer portal in addition to the some of the kids that were already there. Pair Jordan Addison with Mario Williams and, and Caleb Williams. Uh, Matt, I mean, this is good for the program and good for Addison, correct? I do think it's good for Addison. I just did a video for the Campus of Kent YouTube channel about that. It's like 10 minutes long, just kind of discussing him coming over there. Um, I do think it's best for him. Uh, 576 snaps in the slot last year for Pitt, um, where I do think he'll likely go into the USC offense as well. I think that helps him out with Caleb. I think it's great for him. Mario Williams, I'm not so sure about. And then and then the rest of the guys. I mean, I had some hope for Gary Bright Jr. coming back this year. He played mostly in the slot last year with 370 snaps. You know, Brendan Rice, who transferred over, he's practically dead now. Taj Washington, Kyle Ford. I had hope C.J. Williams might not end up as a year one zero guy. There's a, probably a very realistic chance that that happens now with Addison coming over. But I, I do think it's great for USC that offense is going to be absolutely rolling. We saw some in the spring game. That defense is going to be so bad. The offense is going to have to continue to score. I don't know how much it helps out Addison at the end of the day, though. I mean, he's the freaking Bolitnikoff award winner from Pitt. Like, him going to USC, even if he goes and balls out, he's not improving his draft capital any, and they're not going to make the playoffs. So I think it was more of the quote-unquote NIL stuff, which I have no issues with. He'd go get paid, and then he's going to go into the NFL next year. I, I don't see any way he stays. So good for him, Caleb Williams. Bad for Mario. Uh, I mean, Austin, he's going to play for one of the most high-profile programs now in the country with one of the most high-profile players 
and Caleb Williams. I mean, they're going to have a chance. They should have a chance at the college football playoff, and if not, a New Year's Eve bowl game. I mean, this is this is good for fantasy. This is good for this is good for Addison. This is good for college football. Yes. Really quick. I mean, you just said New Year's Eve bowl game. Austin, does he play in a bowl game if they make a bowl game? Uh, no, but I mean, I don't know where if they make a New Year's Eve, they go to the Rose Bowl. USC will lose to Notre Dame. They'll lose to Utah. And to be honest, they'll probably get some other tough games. I think UCLA will give them a tough game. I think Fresno State could give them a tough game. And I think Oregon State could give them a tough game too, actually. I think they finished the regular season with three losses. That ain't going to get them in a freaking New York Six Bowl. Look, I mean, taking just like my fandom of Pitt out of this, the money and living in L.A. are both definitely upgrades from living in Pittsburgh for no money, although it sounds like Pitt did scrape together a comparable deal, at least to what was originally offered. I don't know what he ultimately got up to with two big programs fighting over him. You, there is literally no no reasonable argument that this boosts his profile. He just won the Blitnikoff at Pitt. He's going to be the best player on that offense. And his quarterback, although is a downgrade from Pickett, just got a wide receiver taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Let's not pretend like Keon Slovis can't force feed one person as much as he wants. He can do that all day. He's a terrible quarterback, but he can, he can support an option. So I think that people that say that this boosts his uh, – USC won't boost his draft stock at all. He's still going to be a first-round guy. I don't think he – like I think his ceiling is probably the third guy off the board. Assuming the Boutte tests out healthy, I mean it's him and and, uh, and Quentin Johnston as kind of that fourth uh, fight for like that third fourth spot. Like that, there's just no reasonable argument to say that that USC is a, a profile booster for him at this time. It's just not. It's not. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be fun for college football. I mean, I'm gonna have reason to stay up for some of these late games. I did not realize that my Fresno State Bulldogs played uh, USC. This year, we know Jay Kaner already. He already dated uh, the Goliath that was uh, UCLA last year. Let's see if he can do it to USC this year. I'm, I'm not. I don't think that he can. I think he's going to be a better football team. Uh, we do want to d- just mention that LSU former LSU wide receiver Deion Smith, who was projected to transfer at uh, to Ole Miss is now going to Duco. It seems like it was an academic issue. And so Dion Smith is is uh, is not headed to Ole Miss, headed to Juco. If you have him rostered in C2Cs, he, you know, he may be somebody that you want to hold on to just to see. Uh, we don't want to write – I mean, there are plenty of, of players who have had uh, starts or stints in Juco and, and have been good. Um, we did want to alert you to that. And then uh, – that might be the path for uh, Purdue's Milton Wright also, um, who seem to have similar issues. You know, we might find out that he is transferring to a JUCO also. Um, any thoughts on that before we move on here, guys, to must-haves? All right. Uh, Austin, since you I, – I know that you prepared for the show. Give us a, just a few of – we got supplemental drafts in T2, C2C leagues. Give us some players that – that you can't leave your draft without. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've talked about most of these guys across various shows. Um, Players that, that I can't leave supplemental drafts without. Uh, I've got some freshman stashes that I love um, because I think there is 
for some of them some slight Devi potential. I know this is Devi debate, um, but they're I think they're also in in college offenses that will highlight their skill set. The big one is Cartavius Norton. He's a true freshman, four star, high three star kid. He's going to Iowa State out of Florida, I believe. Um, he is basically the perfect back for the Iowa State system. They like kind of that that one-cut-and-go slashing style running back. They did it with David Montgomery. They did it with Brees Hall. Norton profiles a little more Montgomery than Hall. I mean, he, he's not that that good of an athlete. Um, but, but I really do think that he's already the most talented back at uh, Iowa State, um, who's nothing special. And, and, and there is – I would have a hard time believing that Norton overtakes him for that job this year Brock's the experienced guy uh, but Norton did enroll early heard a lot of uh, early plaudits from the coaching staff on him um, so Cartavius Norton's a big big target of mine maybe he sets a year and I think there's a legitimate draft up the NFL upside with him as well uh, Jalen Glover the diminutive back at Utah is a guy that I stashed very very late um, he's like five seven I I have a very hard time seeing some NFL future here Austin, let me let me stop you here for a second because I know that like I'm in, in supplemental drafts right now, and people hear you throw out a name out there, and they're gonna and they're you know we're in the third round, and they're gonna no get context, more. no context. If if they can't figure it out, they're on their own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. keep going. I feel like the fact that I'm throwing the word stash in there implies that you should take this person like the eleventh round, but I, it's a good point. I, you never really know with people. Um, yes, very, very late, very, very, very late. Take these guys late, especially Glover. Like there, there's once the last five, seven NFL running back. You guys can remember. Can you remember one? How tall was, was, um, what's his name? Played for the saints for years. Uh, uh, Boston Scott. Saints. Uh, he played, he was a Kansas state guy. It's a, uh, Sproles. I know Sproles. Sproles, Sproles. Yeah. How tall was Sproles? He was probably right. around there, but like it, it doesn't happen that often. There. So, we're, and then yeah. Justin Martin's a guy that just like has been completely forgotten in this freshman quarterback class. He's going to UCLA. <clears throat> He's basically Dorian Thompson Robinson, but like in a time machine five years ago. Um, I, I, he's big arm, very very mobile. He's like kind of just this like tall, like long striding type athlete. But he's really really exciting. I think he'll do well uh, there at UCLA. So those are freshmen that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm stashing, and then just some other guys that I like. Miles Price at, at Texas Tech. I think he gets drafted based off of what he does there in that Zach Kittley offense. I mean, Jared Stearns just had what a hundred and what um, hundred eighty targets. I forget how many catches yeah. he had. It was well over one hundred and twenty. Um, so I, I think he produces. Uh, here's a guy that I don't hear anybody talking about: Rob Rob Thomas, second year wide mm-hmm. receiver at uh, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Leach offense kind of came on uh, late in the year there for them. Um, mostly slot, but I think he's he's versatile. He's 6'2", 200. He's a bigger guy. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, and, and he apparently looked pretty solid this spring, so I think he's a guy to watch out for. Um, and then two quarterbacks real quick. Jordan Travis, who's a Florida State. Um, they kind of rotated quarterbacks early last year, but once he got that job the last 10 games, he had seven games where he had uh, over 25 fantasy points and three where he had over 30. Uh, he had like 700-something rush yards last year, like dual-threat kid, um, could surprise some people. And then Aiden O'Connell at Purdue as well. Like, I think he could be a Bailey Zappi-ish riser up draft boards next year. And I think they're very comparable, like very efficient. Is the NFL arm there? I don't know. Is the NFL mobility there? I don't know. But I, they're just really smart, efficient players. 
the NFL always has a place for a guy like that. Yeah, I'm, speaking of that. O'Connell, I mean, we got. I want to throw out the names: uh, uh, Tyrone. Oh goodness, I forgot Tyrone's uh, the transfer from Tracy. Iowa to Tyrone Tracy. Yes, and Elijah Kane in the transfer from Auburn to Purdue. I mean, I think that the targets might be concentrated between those two. I think Kanan was injured for portions of the spring, but he still has a very high ceiling. And without Milton right there at Purdue, um, we might see targets going to 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 really those two. And Tracy had a really uh, excellent spring game. Uh, some of the, I, I don't even have to go that deep for guys that I can't leave without. I mean, this is really a value question. Adam Randall is falling entirely too far. I think that he is a first round draft pick, would generally be a first round pick in supplemental drafts. And um, he's just falling entirely too far in consideration of the ACL. <laughs> I think I've had three. Um, supplemental draft so far and i've left with matthew golden in two of them um i think that he has an extremely high ceiling the wide receiver out of houston then there are some players not freshmen who might still be there that you need to take a look and see if they are uh, available jaheem bell is one the the tight end from south carolina because of his late uh rise last year he might not be rostered and might be there in your supplemental draft Dominic Richardson. I don't know how many years are going to go by with me talking about Don, Dominic Dominic Richardson there at the running back at Oklahoma State. Very physical, two hundred and ten poundish type player with a quite a car um, play style and a, a little bit of a lighter body, but kind of a just you know run th- runs through tackles, kind of an explosive runner. Tay McWilliams, for CFF purposes, is going to be the starting running back in a a Jeff Grimes system. Jeff Grimes, uh, the head of that offense at BYU that that led to Zach Wilson um, uh, going number two in the draft, and that offense has been described as both wide zone and air raid. So I I want pieces of that offense, and Tay McWilliams is going to be the starting running back there. Uh, Tyler Algier, very, very productive for CFF purposes. That's the same role that Tay McWilliams is going to be playing. So um, those are those are some of mine that I've I've got a and I hate the fact that you know I'm in supplemental drafts right now, and so some of these guys might get taken from me. But I, those are the players that, um, at least from a value perspective, that I find myself taking over and over again, Matthew. Yeah, I definitely like the uh, the Matthew Golden call. I just got him in a, in the fourth round of a, a supplemental draft. Actually, I, I think that's a, a great call for the next couple of years. Obviously, I agree with Adam Randall as well. No, I was not as high on him as some of the other guys uh, for our freshman guide. I, I know, and one of, one of our NIL members actually took him right after me in that same round that I, I ended up taking. Uh, I ended up taking Matthew Golden. He traded up ahead of me to take uh, Randall, and so I took Golden. Um, some of the freshmen, uh, I think C.J. Williams and Chris Marshall are going really late. Now, I was much higher on C.J. Williams than most, but I, I, even though he likely, as we mentioned earlier, maybe a year one zero, he's a guy that I would really like to still target in that USC offense moving forward. Uh, Colin Schley, I think is how you say his name, the Kent State quarterback. I heard this from Jared and uh, CFF guys on the recent Chasing the Natty podcast. Three years of eligibility that Kent State – quarterback uh position has put up a ton of points i've been getting him in like the fifth or sixth round of most of my supplemental drafts Uh, i'm perfectly fine with that for a guy who likely could produce for you for three 
straight years. Uh, uh, wide receiver Stephon Cobbs out of Keller, Texas, going to Boise State. He's a guy that I think produces high on the CFF edge. Titus Sven, the running back uh, for Wyoming. I think Austin, you and Colin mentioned him recently as well on Campus Life. He's another guy, while he may not necessarily be in a very explosive offense, I do like what he possibly can do. Again, going very late. And then Braden Bennett, uh, running back out of Coastal Carolina. We've seen those guys really produce as well. Uh, and my last uh, freshman, Brady Allen. I mean, Austin just mentioned Aiden O'Connell um, out of Purdue, who likely goes and has a massive year this year. Um, I can't remember who it is exactly on our recruiting team. I want to say it's David is a big fan of him as well. I, I did the write-up for Brady Allen. He was very highly ranked for me. I actually think Felix has him very highly ranked as well in his freshman rankings. If Aiden O'Connell does go out and have a big year this year, and Brady Allen's the guy taking a step forward in that offense, we've seen Jeff Braun be able to produce high-end CFF quarterbacks throughout every coaching stop that he has been on. He's going to do it there at Purdue with Aiden O'Connell this year, and Brady Allen's got to step up. I mean, I'm in the 7th to 10th round in a lot of my supplemental drafts. He has yet to go in any of them, so that's a guy I would happily take even in like the 10th or 11th round, not even wait until the 15th. Cause I think he's got a shot to be really good for the next couple seasons. There you go. You got, uh, I don't think any of us named the same particular player. So you got guys from all three of us, very short show tonight. We still give you content year round. Of course, you need to check out the website. We've got over 800 players ranked. And you can see where I have Devin Brown ranked in comparison to Quinn Ewers and then come at me uh, on it. If you want to check the metrics, player profiles, campus2camp.com is the place uh, to do that. And, of course, be on the lookout for the Debbie Guide coming just in a few days now, June 1st. All right, that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Curb Street. We ran out of time. We will get him uh, rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Info caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman.
made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.